Good evening. My name is Abraham. You can call me Abraham. Some people call me Pastor Abraham. I don't really care. <laughs> I'm not too fixed on titles, so it's okay. Um, I fix, I'm fixed on the call. That's what I'm focused on, the call of the Lord. Um, we're just going to say a quick prayer and see where we end up at. <laughs> Thank you, Father God. Thank you for loving us, first of all. Thank you for choosing us to, and allowing us to know you, knowing, allowing us to know your voice, allowing us to know your heart, allowing us to know your, your word, allowing us to be filled with your spirit, and allowing us to know the voice of your spirit that is leading us to all truth. Father God, we just pray for revelation as we um, go through this class, the power of love. Father God, we just want to know your heart. We want to know what you've called of us to do and how to do it. It's not just doing it, Lord, but we want to do it well, just like Jesus did it. In Jesus' name, amen. So I'm not, um, for me, this class is, it's, I'm not a very big theological person. I don't break down words. I used to do that years ago, and then I still backslid. I walked away from church, and I walked away from religion, and I said, I'm never going to preach again. I'm never going to teach again. I'm never going to minister again. And about two and a half years later, I had an encounter with Jesus, and now I stand here. So um, it was different. It changed my whole life. I was raised in the church, in the Pentecostal, extremely strict church. So for me to even be up here comfortable and being in a church with women that are wearing pants and eating ice cream and just relaxing is great. No, I'm not putting you on blast. I want you to feel comfortable. The fact that we can be this comfortable in the house of the Lord for me is amazing. That's why I say it. Eat it. Enjoy it. <laughs> but um, um, so the, the title of the class is, uh, you know, the tr uh, true evangelism the power of love, and, I mean, we could go through scriptures after scriptures of why um, we are called to evangelize. Um, we could go scriptures through scriptures, you know, um, the call to repentance, and I know all that, but I don't want to take this class for that. I really want to take this class to show and speak about what the gospel looks like, because the word gospel means the good news. There's many people that go out and preach in the streets, but they don't go with the gospel because gospel is good news. Some people do go out and they are just constantly condemning people that they're going to burn in hell and never present the gospel. I, uh, we, I'm part of a ministry that we do go out into uh, gay uh, pride parades and we march, and we're not going out to affirm. We're going out to include, because I believe that the gospel of Jesus Christ is inclusive. I don't think the, uh, gos um, the gospel affirms anything. I don't think the gospel accepts anything, right? I believe uh, there's a difference between acceptance and love. There's a great difference. Acceptance says you're perfect the way you are. Just stay that way, and even if it's wrong, just stay that way. But love, love says I'm going to take that place, right? You don't know how to pray? I'm going to teach you how to pray. I'm going to walk with you. You're struggling in sin in your life? I'm going to stand in that gap, you know? Um, and in that sense, I believe, and not judging anybody, I believe I was raised in a wrong way because I was raised in looking at people's outside condition and just pointing a finger and saying, you're going to burn 
you're wearing that, you're wearing this, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong. And I never said, hey, there's some wrong things that are wrong with me. And I had to go. Now I realize why I had to go through the process that I went through, even the rejection, even the abandonment. And I see how all of that worked out for my good. Because I didn't know the heart of a broken person. It's easy to say, well, she's a prostitute. She's going to burn. Or he's a homosexual. He's going to burn. It's easy to say that. But it's, it's, it, takes, it takes love to say, why are they going through that? You know? And I'm, I'm definitely going to be sharing testimony because I really feel that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the power of our testimony. I could sit here and give a discourse and break down scriptures and still not prove anything because a lot of people know scripture, but they're not walking in those scriptures. They don't know what it is to really step out and meet people in a broken place and see people's lives transform. You know, and when I when Jesus encountered me because I wasn't looking for Jesus, I back I, and I don't even say I backslid. I made a conscious decision. I am walking away from the hypocrisy. I'm walking away from the religion. It wasn't that I was in church and the temptation came and I slipped and stumbled and fell. No. I said, I am done with this garbage. I used other words. I am done with this garbage. I'm walking away because I didn't see a living example of love. I knew what God was showing me, but I didn't see that in churches. I saw the same thing, cycle after cycle, doing the same thing, repetition. I went to school. I learned soul scripts from different ministries. And I praise God for those seasons because I remember coming from a church where my pastor would be like, you're not going to the streets. And I'm like, I'm having dreams where God's calling me to the streets. And they'll be like, no, you're not going. We don't authorize you to go. And, and it was a conflict for me because I'm like, and then God took me to a, a Bible school when I, learned, when I learned a soul script. And I'm not a believer of the soul script now, but I'm a believer if you're starting. I'm a believer that you got to start somewhere. If, 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 if pastors and leaders are not teaching the flock how to go, then you got to find a place that at least is going to give you the idea, you know, and I started with a soul script. Excuse, and it worked for a season. It worked. I was just going, excuse me, has anybody told you that Jesus loves you? It has a plan for your life. And it, it, was, it, it almost began, uh, uh, it, it taught me, like, just to find an open door. And, you know, I would just go up to people, hey, can I ask you a question? Can I ask you a question? You know, and I remember in high school going around and sticking tracks in the lockers. And everybody in school knew it was me. They're like, you're the only one that does that, Abraham. We know it was you. <laughs> I'm like, no, it wasn't me. But then I'll lie about it, right? I'm trying to be cool. No, I didn't do that. But everybody knew it was me, like, slipping tracks. So I see the phases of, um, of building up. And I think they're very valuable. You know, I've learned not to judge. Um, I used to judge a lot. I used to judge the people that hurt me until God healed my heart. And then I realized that they were only doing that which was taught to them. And I realized every single one of us only does that which is taught to us. And then some of us end up having an encounter with Jesus. Why? I don't know. Why does he reveal some, something so intensely to one person and not to another? I have no idea. But he did. And what he revealed to me was his love. When I walked away, when I was broken, when I was hurting, when I said, this is it, it's over. And Jesus will, like, come through my dreams. And eventually on January 7th, where I had my encounter with him, and I, he wanted to touch me. Jesus wanted to touch me, and I told him all the reasons why he shouldn't touch me. I spent years in church praying for this God encounter. And lo and behold, I have it two and a half years outside of church, you know. Like, what? You know, it doesn't even make sense. 
but um but it might it makes sense because he was the one that was gonna get all the glory honor and praise i'm not man no man is gonna get with my testimony no man's gonna get glory for that god's gonna get glory for that and i've made a conscious decision that it's god that's gonna get that glory but how he loved me i'm like but i i doubt it i'm i'm in sin i want to touch you but i did this i did that no not like this this is how i want you here's what the lord said he didn't say as a matter of fact, I, was like, I thought you were going to come when I was fasting, when I was praying, when I was leading youth ministries, when I was seeking your face, when I was preaching up on altars, screaming and hollering like a real Pentecostal. I thought that's when you were going to come. But now, like this, in my sin, in my failure, I'm not even looking for you right now. Because I want to touch you. And I finally gave up. And I gave love. I gave up into love. I gave up into love. And I didn't know what that love was until he touched me. And he filled me. And I went back to the people that judged me and criticized me. I went back to the pastors that called me names. I went back to my molester. I went back to my abuser. And when I forgave my molester, which the Lord said, you ask your molester for forgiveness. I didn't understand. But now I understand. Because forgiveness opens the door to repentance. And sometimes we want the people in the world to repent but we don't even know that they've been hurt they we don't even realize that they've that many times the church right not this church i'm in this church because this is a beautiful church because i've discovered love in this house but we are one body right we're one body with the pentecostal church down the street with the catholic church down the street we're one body with the baptist church down the street we're one body and there's people out there that that church or the, that pastor that heard them, that's their representation of Christ. That's the ambassador of Christ that wounded their heart. So I know we haven't hurt people. I don't live hurting people. But I've chosen to stand in the gap, even for the people that wounded others, right? And I'm, I'm sorry for how the church treated you. I'm sorry for that pastor. I'm sorry for your molester. I'm sorry that your father abandoned you. But Jesus, you know, and all of a sudden... You, you see a switch in people's eyes. Like, I've seen um, the worst of the worst, how people call it. For me, God's opened my eyes. They're the best of the best. You know, Jesus If Jesus was a mechanic, he needs a broken car so he can fix it. If Jesus was a dentist, he needs uh, an infected tooth to fix. He needs some jacked up teeth to fix, right? If Jesus was a hairdresser, he needs somebody with some messed up hair to fix. Right. If he's a doctor, he needs a sick person to heal. The, the power of God is not manifested in how perfect we are or even how perfect a person is. The power of God is manifest manifested when he takes this broken soul and transforms them. Right. Um, and they become conscious of his love again, because many times um, people have been hurt by those that are called ambassadors of Christ. And we have to kind of like own it. I've owned it. I've got to lead people in the streets. I've met people that are atheists in the streets. And then all of a sudden they're like, yeah, you know what? I, I was raised in church, but this pastor hurt me. They wounded me. They rejected me. So they only became an atheist because an ambassador misrepresented I know people this day that are still not walking in church 25 years later because they wore jeans to church and they were supposed to wear a skirt. 
or because they have bangs or because they have colored nails. Maybe you haven't been through that, but the reality is that there's so many people out there. I know girls that because they put earrings on their ears, they were ran out of their church. It's not even that they were in sin, like what Scripture calls sin. The most people that I know that I do know people that went because they wanted to play games and they walked out because certain sins or actions were not approved. And that's not what we're speaking about. We're speaking about broken hearts. I remember one time I was preaching in in Ybor City and I met a I met a transsexual. And it's so awesome, first of all, that I could get up in a church and even just talk about this. I'm so happy I could even say it because I've carried this testimony for so long that I just make collections of it. And I would say, I'm never going to tell these stories anywhere because people look at me like, that didn't happen. I was like, okay, don't believe me. But I know it happens because when you've encountered the power of love, the power of love, in the end, these three shall remain. Faith, hope, and love. But the greatest, the greatest of these is love. And I met this transsexual, we're talking. And he, he opens up, there's a man dressed as a female, and he opens up. He goes, I was raised in church. Lord behold, I was in Tampa. I am come from Newark, New Jersey. His parents were the founders of the church I went to as a little kid. You know, and I'm like, really? That's wild, you know? And God does that. This blow mind-blowing. But this guy was... uh. He led worship even as a child in church. But one day an evangelist came, ministered to the church, but raped them in the bathroom. You know? So a lot of people would look at him. His own family didn't believe his story. But he's at a bar weeping because I'm sitting with him hearing his story. And it, bra- it broke my heart. How can a person like that ever go to church and nobody says, I'm sorry. I represent evangelists now. I don't know. I don't care what that evangelist did. I'm sorry because they screwed up. I'm sorry because they done messed up. And that's not who Jesus is. Jesus is not an abuser. Jesus is not a molester. Jesus is the healer of the abused. Jesus is the healer of the molested. You know? We sat there for three hours. Sometimes I'll meet Christians. I can't even have a five-minute conversation with them. But I could sit at a bar with a transsexual and talk about Jesus for three hours. You know? And stories over stories of encountering people. And I had to take that step. You know, that was my story. The church made fun of me. Kicked me out. They didn't want me to speak my story because I come from the the gay lifestyle. But don't give that story. I would get invited everywhere to preach. But they're like, but don't give that story. And it would break my heart. And God would say, I want you to give that story. Don't give that. And I had to make a decision. So when churches would invite me to preach, I said, no, I'm not coming to your church. Why? Because I'm not ashamed of my story. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. For it is salvation to whosoever believe. And I believed. Not because I didn't encounter Jesus because I believed. I encountered Jesus. And encountering Jesus caused me to believe. It caused me to believe. It wrecked my heart. It wrecked my system. And then I had to share my story. Because they had power. It, ha- it has power. It has transformation power. So when we start realizing that our story. So even as believers, right? So there's the, the part where we go out in love. That transforms people's life. But you need to encounter love before you even go out. Because if you go out without love. You're going to bring law to the people. 
you're going to bring condemnation to the people because you yourself don't realize the restoration power in Jesus. You still don't know the healing power in the blood of the lamb. But when you know, when you know what he did for you, when you know that you know, and, and, and I feel like God removed me when I left the church, I didn't think it was God's plan, but I, God still met me there, right? Because I needed to encounter me and Jesus without religion, without people's opinions, take the shame off. I was carrying that burden of my own shame. So if I feel ashamed of my story, I can never step out in faith and say, I know what you're going through. I, I, I could go to Eberson and read people. They're like, how do you know my life? And I'm like, because I see me. I see me. I walk, I see drunk kids everywhere. I see them hide. That was me. I see somebody up on a platform stripping and dancing. That was me. You know, I see suicidal kids everywhere. I'm like, that was me. That was me. I wasn't the saint. It's the opposite. He takes the sinner and makes them a saint. He takes the sick and makes them heal. He takes the last and makes them first. He takes the broken and makes them restored. He takes the shame and brings glory. Glory. So when you, like, encounter his love and you lose the shame, you could go anywhere. People are like, but you never argue. What is there to argue about? You don't need to argue about love. You're in love. You're like, you don't get it? Okay, I feel bad for you. But I'm, I don't argue with people. Well, Hardly anybody goes, well, get away from me. There was one man in the streets that I went to give a word to. He said, get away from my wife. And I'm like, I'm just trying to tell her she's loved. And you're loved. God loves you. He's like, well, oh, thank you. <laughs> but get away from us. I'm okay. Have a great day. And it's like, but you're not trying to convert me? I'm not trying to convert nobody. Because I know religion doesn't save. Religion almost took my life. So why would I sit here promoting religion? I stand for Jesus, and I know he heals. I know that the worst person has hope, and it's when we start walking in that. And sometimes it might be a little bit ridiculous. Most of the time it might be pretty ridiculous. And you, he'll test, will you dare? Will you go? Will you say? Will you announce? There's one, there was one time where the Lord said, I was sitting in that house. And the Lord says, get up and tell everybody here about my love. And I was like, no way. <laughs> Not at IHOP. Like, and then I just got up. I looked at everybody. My, my friend looked at me. She's like, did God just speak to you? I'm like, oh, Lord. I'm going to look like one of those crazy fools, right? And I got up and excuse me, everyone. Spoke about the love of the Lord. Mostly everybody in there accepted Christ in their heart. And then I walked out. I didn't shake, but once I walked out the door, I was like, I couldn't even <laughs> get close to the car. I'm like, oh, my God. Did that just really happen? You know? And just seeing the love of God. For so long, that being my testimony, I got mocked. People call me names. And I'll say here, Christians call me fag. And I apologize for saying it, but God told me, say it how it is. You know if you said something about someone before. You know if you've called someone a name before. And I feel like God wants to confront you if that's been you. If you called somebody a, a bad name, being a believer, well, that blah, blah. Because I know because we're raised that way. My parents were Christians, but I heard my parents speak that way. And it's not shaming them. It's that if we want to see the world healed, we're going to have to heal first. We're going to have to admit and confess our own sins and our own failures.
And then we can go out in power. We can go out in authority, and we will see the world change. And it's glorious. You'll have stories that people will just be entertained to listen to you. I never did that thinking one day I'm going to be at this church called Resting Place surrounded by a group of people that want to learn about evangelism. No, I didn't. I remember March um, March 17, 2007, I was home crying because I found out some people in church were calling me that word. And it shut me to pieces because I was a kid that, yeah, that was my last thought. That's where I was coming from. But if I wanted to live that, then I would have been there. I wanted God. I wanted to be in church. I wanted to be in his presence because I was raised in his presence as a child. And even though I went through all that and people didn't know that I was abused by a Christian, you know. So even for a person that's been abused to go back, if, if, if a Christian misrepresented, it takes even greater courage for that person to say, I still believe in that God that they're talking about, even though they hurt me, even though they abused me, you know. It takes courage. So I, when I see people coming to church afraid because they've been hurt and they've been broken, but they still had the courage. They deserve to be loved. They deserve to be embraced. They deserve to say, welcome home. This is home. Come. Papa's waiting for you, you know. And I was broken. I was crying in my room. And I'm telling you, Jesus, I'm like, he goes, what are you doing? What are you doing there crying? I was like, like almost like, have you not seen what I've been through? Have you not seen that your people are calling me names when I'm trying to preach, when I'm trying to just obey you? You tell me to give my testimony, but every time I give my testimony, they call me that name. I'm not talking about the world, people. I'm talking about Christians. I'm not talking about this church. I'm talking about 2007. We're in 2021. You know, I've been healed from that. But this is the truth. People have gone through this over and over and over again. And he says, you need to realize something. That with the same sword that Goliath was going to kill David, David cut off Goliath's head. With the same sword. And he said, and the sword is a symbol of words. Take the S at beginning of sword and put it at the end. What does it spell? Words. He's a Riddler, by the way. He loves riddles. And I don't know why Jesus loves riddles, but he talks in riddles. And you're like, what? I've never seen that before. Wow. You know, I'll tell you another one he told me. One time he showed me um, the whole universe and his body. And then I saw the sun in the middle. And I saw earth right here. And he says, do you know why earth is there? And I was like, no. He goes, take the H at the end of earth and put it at the beginning. Heart, you know, for God so loved the world. We are his heart, you know, and it's like, I'm like, wow, you know, it's just like, is this how, how, I mean, like, really, you've never heard this. I know you've never heard this before because he told me that he told me that it's a secret. And you're just like, he's awesome. I'm like, I got to tell people how awesome he is, you know, and he wrecked me. He goes, so you're going, he goes. With the same sword that Goli Goliath was going to kill David, David uh, cut off Goliath's head. And the sword is a symbol of words. Take the S at the beginning of the sword and put it at the end. And he goes, and with the same sword, with the same words that Satan is trying to kill you, you're going to get up in his territory and you're going to cut off his false authority over your life. And then the Lord says, get up because you're going to a lesbian bar tonight. And I'm like, what? <laughs> Are you kidding me right now? 
And I'm telling you, my, at that moment, my phone rang, and a girl that I knew from college, like 10 years before, called me out of nowhere at that same moment that I knew she was one of my friends from the club. She's like, hey, what you doing? I'm like, what? No way. And she goes, what are you doing? You want to hang out? I was like, I'm going. <laughs> I'm going. And we went. He, the Lord said, somebody there needs to hear from me tonight. So I went. I got dressed. My parents are Pentecostal. So my dad said, it's like 11-something o'clock at night. He goes, where are you going at this time of night? I'm going to a lesbian bar. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, I mean, when I was in the world, I left all those things behind, and all those people went away, blah, blah, blah. But he didn't even know that his own people were the ones crushing my heart. I got angry. And I said, well, let me tell you something. I'm from the church that the Bible says the gates of hell should not prevail against the church, against the church of Jesus Christ. And I'm going to knock down the gates of hell tonight. And I slammed the door. And then the Lord told me, honestly, the Lord told me, call back and apologize for that attitude. And I did. The Lord was about to use me. I needed to fix my attitude. I was upset. But I did. And when I got there, there was a line going into the place. The place was called Collision, by the way. Which now, years later, I'm like, ha ha, that was awesome. <laughs> it was called Chueca in Spanish, right? Which means collision. And that's what this girl had was a head on collision with Jesus. So I get in the line. I mean, I'm in the car. And then this one girl comes up and she's like, I need you to meet my friend. And I'm like, why? She's over there online screaming that you're shining. She looked over to the car. You're in the car. And she says, you're shining. Nobody knows what she's talking about. And I was like, it's her. It's her. So I went over there. She introduced me. Abraham, this is Wally Wally. This is Abraham. She looks at me and goes, you're an effing Christian, aren't you? And I'm like, I am. <laughs> well, I really said, yes, I am a Christian. <laughs> I did. I'm going to be honest. I'm not going to lie. I was excited. I was like, what? And I'm like, how do you know? She goes, the light is on you, but they think I'm crazy. They don't see the light, but I see the, they don't see the light, but I see the light. And you're shining. And I know you're a Christian. And I was like, I am. She goes, what are you doing here? Christians don't come to these type of places. I was like, that boosted my confidence in such a way. I said, well, now we do. <laughs> now we do. Why are you here? I'm like, I'm here for you. And she just went, what do you mean? I was like, God, I told her the whole story. I'm not going to repeat it because you already know it. I was like, God told me to come here because somebody needed to hear from me. I didn't know who, but you're the one that sees the light. It's you. So I was like, come, let's go inside. We went inside. We're dancing salsa. I'm a salsa instructor. We're dancing salsa. And the whole time I'm preaching to her, I was like, let me tell you about God. He just loves you. He's with you. He's for you. So then she goes with her friends, and I just say it. And I'm like, Lord, if that's the girl, bring her back. But I don't want to, like, be like that obsessive Christian where I'm chasing her throughout the club just trying to preach to her. And she comes back. She's like, can I sit here? I was like, yeah. She's like, can you keep talking to me about Jesus? Because I like how you talk about him. You make him real. And then we just, and then I got up and I was like, you know that this club is a church? She was like, what? And I was like, the Bible says that whatever the soul of my feet touches becomes my territory. And I march around the club and I'm like, church, 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 church. <laughs> and she's just laughing. But Lord, behold, that Friday she came to church with me, walks through the door of the church. She walked in and got baptized with the Holy Spirit at the door. She started speaking in tongues, shaking in the Holy Ghost, and it was revival. You know, and she's the girl that created that organization where we march in the streets, you know. So that one thing that used to be so much shame became power. Sometimes people might see my Facebook. What is he doing? I was like, you want to find out? You better join me. You better join me because I'm not going to explain it. 
because I've seen the power. I've seen people in the street fall on their knees with a hug, bawling, weeping. Just when I look, and you mean it, you look at people in the eyes. You can't be like, well, uh, excuse me, sir. Uh, uh, I just want to tell you that, no, you got to mean it. I know that Jesus loves you. And even now, I mean it. You know, you look at people right into their soul. Look in their eyes when you talk to them. Look at them and know, be assertive. I know what you're going through, but the Lord says he's with you. I'm telling you, it makes, it is something that happens when you do that. I've seen Christians like, well, um, the Bible says, I'm like, bro, you better step it up. <laughs> you better act like you know. Believe in your heart what you're declaring with your mouth. There is power. It's not in just the speaking. It's in the believing in your heart. From the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So we have to believe. We have to know that there is restoration power. Like if God did a, a miracle on your mom, I know that God heals people from cancer because he healed my mom from cancer. So I've gone to pray, pray for people, and God has healed them. You know, And I stand in the gap for people going through cancer because I know what God did for my mother. I saw my aunt give her life to Jesus before she passed away, you know, and, and, and I've seen the, the glory of God. And I was just, I never, I, I meet people and sometimes I take pictures. I never, ever post these pictures because I feel like they're intimate photos. They're, um, I tell people, cause there's a lot of Christians that, well, you know, take pictures, do good works, and it's all about social media now. Well, look what I did. And it's just getting this credit. It's getting this credit. I mean, if you're doing it to get credit, I mean, we have to pray about it. Like, it's not judging you. Maybe that's the way you were taught. But it's not about credit. It's about glory. It's about glory. It's about sending these kids home. You know, when God, with me, I've seen things out of this world, right? So I have, a, I know, not everybody has this perspective. I have this perspective of this king on his throne, and I'm his little jester, you know. I have drawings. I literally draw. I tell people, I was like, you guys, when you go to heaven, you're going to be kings and queens. And when you'll see me, I'll be the little jester. They're like, what? I'm like, I know what I saw, <laughs> you know, and I'm fine with it. I'm not, I'm not like, I don't want to go to heaven to have this big castle, and I just want to be where he's at. I want to be. I even told the Lord, I was like, Lord, I could be homeless here. I'll be homeless in heaven. Like, like we're going to be stuck in our house. We're all going to be running around anyways. I'm like, I just, I just believe in this place. I, and because I believe so much in it, I'm able to bring it here, right, in my heart, in my passion. So when I look at people, I could see the worst sinner, but I see the most beautiful soul. Because if you look with the eyes of Jesus, it, does, it could be, I'm talking about God led me to forgive my molester. God led me to heal a relationship with my molester. If I could see beauty with the person that molested me as a child, that took my innocence as, as a child, then I could see beauty in people. It, it is a challenge with the religious, though. It is a challenge. I ain't even going to lie. <laughs> but I'm learning. I really am learning to have compassion for them, too. Because just as these people were raised a certain way, religious were raised a certain way, right? And we all, every human being thinks they're right. They're right in their way. So God's giving me compassion for them. And I love them. I mean, sometimes I got I to get tough, though. I ain't got to plan to get tough. But so I've, I've, I've met people, and what the Lord was um, putting in my heart was to just share, right? Because sometimes it's like you hear people speak about going out. You must go out. You hear a lot of preachers, but... 
sometimes you don't even like see them, you know, going out. And I don't, I've always, when I've taken pictures of certain people that I've ministered to and that I've loved on and allow God to use me because it's only allowing God. We're just a vessel and we allow the word of God to flow through us towards them. We just allow God. It might be just meeting a need of a homeless person. Even that, we used to be very critical on, oh, they just wanted for drugs. Well, they wouldn't be there. But, you know, and God was like, I'm using them to test your heart. You know, sometimes we'll look at them and we won't even realize that some of them, I've encountered angels that are dressed like homeless people. And they've given me the word of the Lord. I'm convinced 100%. You couldn't even take it away from me if you tried. I'm like, I know what I encounter, you know. And it it rocked me. And it was in 2017 where God released. God has, like, taken me community by community, right, throughout the years. It's like he's given me a passion for this community, and I'll go, and I'll see. And I'm like, whoa. And then he was like, go to this community, start ministering to this group of people. And I'm like, whoa. You know, I just encountered, but I remember in, um, and I, I don't feel like I have a formula, right? A lot of people, I've, I've sat, I've sat in so many different teachings and preachers provide formulas or provide like uh, soul script or um, the ways of the master. You know, you got to kind of make people feel guilty, go through the Ten Commandments and make them feel guilty about their sins and convince them that way that they're sinners. Or, you know, you just kind of convince them through a soul script, you know, but if you want to go to heaven, you need to accept Jesus Christ and and it still becomes like this goal that is not Jesus. It's more like, well, I want to go to heaven. I was like, no, I want you to know Jesus. I want you to, I want you to have Jesus. You need to know Jesus, you know, because heaven is, for me, heaven is not the destination. For me, Jesus is the destination. Wherever Jesus is at is heaven. Wherever he stands, there is peace. In his presence, there's fullness of joy. If you take Jesus out of heaven, it's no longer heaven. Because it's in his presence that there is fullness of joy. There's pleasures at his right hand. You know, it's in him, you know, that I, for me personally, that's my experience. And I, and I believe in it. And I believe in taking him to the people. For me, heaven is when we're all just going to like each other. <laughs> heaven is when we get to get along, right? Because Jesus Christ. And in earth, we're all just, we all, I, I always ask God, why did he give us different minds? Give up. We are so complex. Every single one of us is so complexly made. And I'm like, and then we're supposed to try to get along in the midst of all this, right? And it's like literally taking our pride and putting it down and allowing love to be first. Allowing our minds to go down and be like, no, love will be first. And anyways, I've promised these people that I would never like post their pictures on social media, but that I would like pray for them. So it's been a lot of people and I'll just like, re I remember their faces. I and when I see the pictures, I remember the te the testimony instantly of what God did. And God was literally telling me just share, share with them some of the stories that you could see. Because sometimes it's just like it seems like people might be making stories up or whatever. Um, but just just going out, I'm trying to find my file right now. I'm trying to find it. Let's see. 
I put it under one file, now I can't see that file. But anyways, I can't see it right now. I'll try to look for it in a little bit because I want to take advantage of the time. Um, but they're just, I remember this one time when I was in Puerto Rico and I walked into a Burger King and I heard the, there's a young lady that walks in. I hear the voice of the Lord and he says, she's, she's a prostitute. And he goes, I need you to save her. Like, I need you to save her life. Right. And I'm like, Lord, here I'm hanging out with my cousins from Puerto Rico. They don't know nothing about like Jesus. They don't even go to church. And I'm just like, all right. So I waited for this moment. I saw her go out. So I asked my cousin, did you see the girl where she went? He said, no, don't go over there. That's a prostitute. You know, I was like, I know. I was like, I need to talk to her. And he's like, bro, don't. You're going to get us in trouble. And I'm like, you don't even know what I'm about to do. I could just tell he's just thinking I'm about to do something wrong. And I go to the girl, and I, she's in a car. I knocked on the window. She pulled it down like this much. So, and I go, can I ask you a question? She smiled. I saw the smirk. And I knew the question that she thought I was going to ask. How much? I saw it. And goes, sure, what? And I goes, has anybody told you that Jesus loves you? And she was like, what? And I was like, look, God loves you. And I'm no one to be telling you this. And I just started breaking down. She starts weeping. I'm crying. I really was feeling the conviction of God. And I'm crying. I'm sobbing. She accepts Christ. We do like a salvation prayer. Praise God, right? She does a salvation prayer. I get in the car and we, we leave about two miles down the road. And Puerto Rico is like complete darkness. I hear the Lord. He's like, I told you to save her life. I'm like, I did, right? He goes, no, you got her soul saved. I need you to save her life tonight, like now. And I'm like, but yeah, I was like, oh God, what did he goes, why is she there? And I'm like, prostituting herself. You know, that was my attitude, prostituting herself. He goes, but why? And I, I thought for a moment, right? And I'm like, money. She needs money. He goes, get her off the streets. So I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> So that I looked at my cousin, I was like, bro, this is going to sound crazy, but I need to go back. We need to go back. And he, I didn't tell him nothing else. He pulled out his wallet. He goes, I don't know what you're doing, but here's another 20. And I had 60 in my wallet. He gives me 20. That was $80. I, we drive back, and I literally could hear someone praying for this girl, like a woman. And I knew it was her mother. Bring her home. Bring her home. And I'm, like, sobbing in the car. And I go back. So I kind of... I, the, the only thing that I did wrong is I, the window was still down, so I kind of went like this. And I stuck with I'm like, hey. So she's like, don't hit me. And I was like, I'm not going to hit you. She's like, who are you? Like, <laughs> what are you doing? And I'm crying. And I'm and she goes, what's in your hand? And I, and I just opened my hand, and I dropped the money in her lap. And I go, that's the reason why you're here. I was like, I'm buying you so you could go home. Go home. And I was just screaming at her. And I, the spirit came upon me. And I started prophesying to her. And I was like, for the Lord said how many times. And he said he was going to be your provider. But you didn't listen. And this girl just starts like shaking. And I'm like sobbing in the street. The power of God is coming upon me. And I was like, look, we ain't going to hurt you. I just want you to go home. There's a woman that's praying for you. And you need to go home. One day I'm just going to know that I'm going to see you preaching the word of the Lord. We got in the car and she left. You know, I never saw that girl again. 
but I remember the moment of impact. The moment, the impact it had on me. I got to the house and everyone, the family's just looking at me because I'm sobbing and sobbing, and I could not stop crying because of the transformation that I saw in in that in her face and her life, just to even be encountered in that broken place, you know. And God used me. God used me to bring the correction. How many times did I tell you that I was your Lord, that I was going to provide for you, but, but you disobeyed? And now you find yourself in this place. So sometimes people might think that it's not, that, you know, you go so much in so much love that you don't confront or that you don't say, that's not the case. I believe in the, in the, in the, in the fivefold ministry. I believe that God is raising pastors and ministers and, and, and teachers and evangelists, right? But I believe me going out as an evangelist is gathering the harvest to bring it to the church so then the pastors and the teachers can work in the lives of those people. Sometimes we want to go out and we want to do the teaching, the correction, the pastoring in one night when there is no relationship. We have to build relationship with people. And when people find out that you care, that's why Jesus, for me, Jesus went out and he did miracles, Right? Miracle, what a miracle. Is it, was Jesus just doing miracles to do miracles? No. He was, he, the Bible says that he supplies all our needs according to his riches and glory. Right? It's the goodness of God that leads a man to repentance. So he provided the healing. He provided the miracle. He brought the dead back to life. And those same people that experienced and witnessed the power, that witnessed the miracle, went out as witnesses. You know, and we have experienced, I know we, we, if we're here, I know we carry uh, powerful uh, moments and powerful experiences with the Lord that we are able to use to lead others to Christ. And as we own it, for too long I was walking in shame. I was walking in shame because I was abused or molested. I was walking in, cha- in shame because I came from the lifestyle. I, I was just shame, shame, shame. And it would be wild because God would tell me, I'm going to use it for my glory. And I couldn't even, like, reconcile that. It, it didn't make sense for, like, 20-something years. I'm not talking about I prayed for one or two years. I'm talking about I was praying and praying and praying for years. And I would get hurt and I would get discouraged and walk away. And God's like, you're going right back. But they hurt me. Let me go this way. He's like, and God would encounter me. There were times that I, I remember being in a club. I was partying, and God sent a messenger to the club to give me a word of the Lord. The night, And I remember that night. I was partying. I was dancing. And out of nowhere, I began to cry in the dance floor. And I sat in a corner in the club, and I just began to weep. And I was telling God, why is it that I find myself here again? If, if, if I know that I love you, but your people, they're mean. They hurt me, and then I find myself here. I don't want this. I don't want this. And it was so funny because the music changed. At that moment, the music changed. It was Madonna. I'm not trying to say Madonna's Jesus or anything like that. <laughs> but it was crazy because I was praying. I was praying. And all of a sudden, it was like, just like a little prayer. Do, do, do. Just like a little prayer. Do, do, do. I'm going to take you there. And I'm like, Jesus? You know, I was just like... I know it sounds hilarious, but it happened. And I was like, and I heard the word. I mean, I've heard that song since I was a kid. You know, I was, a, I'm, I was born in 1978, so I heard that song growing up. But it never clicked. It never. But that day, it just like, I felt like I was coming to the resting place. You know, <laughs> like, it was, it just made sense. 
And I just heard the word so clearly. And I felt, he was like, in the midnight hour, I can feel your power. I'm looking at the time, it's midnight. I'm like, what? I don't know. But I remember I joy came in my heart. And then I'm like walking out of the club. They were literally shutting down a few minutes later. I'm walking down, and there was this um, young black man. There was a group of girls talking. The girl had like an afro. And then there's this young black man behind her with his hand on her head from behind. Like if he was praying for her, but from behind. And I'm like, but it's like right at the entrance. So I'm like, and then I kind of got excited, you know, because if, if I ever saw Christians out there, if I saw Christians out praying and preaching in the streets or ministering to people in a club, I would get happy because I'm like, yes, this, this is what it was supposed to be, you know. So I kind of looked at him and I'm like, are you a Christian? I was so like excited and he just looked at me and goes there's no christians where i come from and i'm like really and i'm like oh like i'm just thinking well i thought the gospel reached all the nations already you know <laughs> that's what i'm thinking so i'm like really I'm, so i'm like do you know jesus and he's mom goes yeah i know jesus and he goes i'm just like jesus and i'm like what and he goes here we go how dare i say that i'm just like jesus and i was literally thinking that i'm like that's exactly what i'm thinking and he goes, I'm the angel of the Lord, and I was sent here to speak to you. I'm like, what? He goes, my name is Eucariah. Come, let's speak. And he grabs my hand. He walks me over. And he goes, look, you see all these people? Stop being mad at these people. They can't hear. They don't know. He goes, but you were chosen to know. God opened your eyes up so you can speak to them. And when you start speaking to them, then their ears will hear, and then their eyes will see. And I was amazed. I went home and looked up Eucariah, and it meant messenger of God. And I was like, no. Did I really have an encounter? You know, like, did this happen? It happened to me, you know. I can't reconcile it. Now, I know how many times I've been out in the streets, and people think I'm an angel. People are like, you're an angel. I'm like, no, I'm not. Trust me, I'm not an angel. I am not an angel. And But for them... You're an angel because you're a messenger of God meeting a need at that moment. I remember one of the first times in 2016, I was in New York City. And God had me walk into a, a bar in, in uh, 7th Avenue in New York City. And I saw people on a, it was like a piano bar. And I saw these people like playing on the piano, all on this side of the piano. And I noticed this one man at the end of the piano sobbing. And I'm like, so I'm like looking in there. I'm like. Does nobody see this man? Because this man is boohooing. And these people are just playing the piano right there. And they're like, nobody acknowledges him. And I heard the Lord. The Lord says, go give him a hug. So I go up to the man. I tap him on the shoulder. And I go, hey, can I give you a hug? And he looks at me. And he just goes, ah. And he threw himself in my arm. And he sobbed. And here I am at a bar just like hugging this old man, right? And I'm just like, these people are going to think. <laughs> you know, like, but I'm hugging. I'm rubbing his back. And then he literally cried on me. It felt like 20 minutes. And then I'm like looking at him. He looks at me. He goes, are you an angel? And I'm like, dude, I'm not an angel. He goes, but it's weird. And I asked him, I was like, what's weird? He goes, I was sitting here and I said, God, I need a hug. And you tapped me on the shoulder and said, can I hug you? You know, and it was like, you know, like this godly divine moment. Like, What? That really happened, you know? But that he started telling me how he was going to go home and commit suicide. And because of that hug, he wasn't going to do it. 
And the crazy part, he was a deacon of a church. And he was going through stuff he never dealt with, and he was sitting in that bar, you know? And I'm just like, wow. And I remember that day I started walking through stuff. It was literally like midnight in, in, in New York City. And I was just walking, and I'm like, okay, do it again. Do it again. Who needs you right now? And I walk into, I walk into a, a CBS. It was CBS or Dwayne Reed, one of those pharmacies, right? And stuff like that. And there's like people there, and I look over, there's a lady cashing out. And the Lord says, her, pay for her groceries. Pay for her stuff right now. So I just walk up to her. I pull out my card, and she was about to swipe. I grab her hand, and I swipe my card. She's like, what's happening? She goes, are you the manager? I'm like, give me a second. The Lord told me to pay. I'm going to pay. Because if not, they'll try to stop me from paying. So I paid, and she's like, what's going on? I was like, I'm about to tell you. Give me a second. <laughs> and then she's like, what, what happened? Are you the manager? I was like, no. I was like, before I tell you, do you promise to never forget? And she goes, sure, I will never forget. I was like, God just told me to pay for your stuff because God wants you to know that he loves you, that he hasn't left you, that he hasn't forsaken you, that he's with you even through these times. She's like, oh, my God, no way, no way. She's like, you're an angel. I was like, no, I'm not an angel. She's like, you're Jesus? I was like, no, I'm not Jesus. She's like, you're God. You're God, and you're here. I was like, no, I'm not God. I'm just a regular person, and you just need to know this. She's like, you don't understand. I have a shrink. I'm going to tell this to my shrink, and they're going to try to put me on medication. You know, and I'm like, and then she starts telling me how she's a stand-up comedian, and she's like, I'm going to put this on my show. I'm like, this will be awesome. You know, like, and just throughout, throughout my walk with the Lord, it just started becoming this. What happened? Oh, I imagine. She's probably somewhere. It's probably somebody's talking about me. Like, there's this one man one time. And honestly, like, I think that's the one title I long for. Like, there once was a man that showed up when I was going through something. You know, in my life, I wasn't a member of the church. For seven years, God told me, you're not going to preach at a church no more. I'm going to teach you how to preach. I preach. I was raised in church. I could preach. But he took me out of that system for a while. I mean, I went to church. I used to go to Hillsong and stuff up north. But I was—I never became a member. I would go to church. And it was funny because they're like, you bring a lot of people to church. In just two years, I literally took like 80 people to that church. And they're like, my mom's like, how do you get people to go to church with you? I'm like, I talk about Jesus. Like, duh. You know, like, if you're going to talk about a system of religion, you are not going to get people in. But if you start talking about Jesus, people are going to be, people know. People know if you're real or not. People know you don't have to prove anything, but people and, and I know because they're there. I've met people that are like, and as soon as we're done talking, like I see the sparkle in their eye. Like I literally see a thing. I'm like, oh, they got caught. They got caught. So I don't even have to make them do a prayer because they got caught. I just give them an invitation. I always tell them, I was like, there's, you know, when you leave earth, there's this big wedding. And God's prepared everything. He's prepared the house. He's prepared the table. He's prepared the feast. He has his marriage carriage. He's waiting for his bride, and you're the bride. Well, you will set. I'm going. They're like, and right in the middle of the street, I'm going. I accept my invitation right now. So you accept Jesus as the lover of your soul. As your, I accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I'm going to my wedding. I was like, I'll see you there. Look for me at the table. I'll be there. And it's fun. And it's, it, it, I went from being like religious. I need to get 
I mean, I remember being in Bible college, Jesus Christ. And it was like, you need to get 10 souls saved every week. And, da -da -da -da. and you need to do the script. If you don't do the script, they're not really saved. And I mean, I got into arguments. I'm not even going to lie. I got into arguments. I was like, I can't stand this script. You know, like, I just need to, because I, I will feel the, the prophetic gift coming upon me. And God want me to just speak from my heart. And they wouldn't want me to do that. But I obeyed for a season and then I was out, you know. But I, and I praise God for that season because it led me to this season. You know, it led me to a place of finding out how I'm going to do it. You know, it's like you, you get taught how to fish, but then you kind of find your way on to do it. They teach you how to ride a bike, but then you find your way. You know, you, you, you learn your way to flow with it. You know, even if you're a singer, they might teach you how to sing. But as you grow and you mature, you develop your own songs. You develop your own harmonies, your own melodies. And I feel that with God is like that. As we keep falling in love with the Lord, and we, we, he says, my sheep hear my voice, and they follow. And the voice of a stranger, they do not follow. And it's literally learning his voice. I didn't know his voice. It, it took years to learn his voice. I was, I was confused. I'll hear people, and I'll get confused. I'll get discouraged. I'll walk away. And God's like, that's not me. This is me. You know, I thought the voice of God was like an angry Zeus thunder god, right? I am the Lord. And when, when, and the one time I did hear him like that, I kid you not, I heard him like that and I hid behind a pillow. I threw myself on the floor. I was like, Lord, I want to see your glory. And I heard thunder roll in 2002. And I threw myself on the floor. There was a pillow and I covered my head. And I was like, I'm not ready. I was so scared. I was like, but I heard thunder come through my walls, through the ceiling, through the floor. And he was like, hey, bro, I'm like, ah. And I dropped on the floor. I was like, nope, I don't want to see nothing. I was like, I don't want to see nothing. And then years later, when he came, when he came to me on January 7, 2011, his voice was sweet. His voice wasn't angry or bitter or wrathful. It was the opposite. Like his love threw me on the floor for repentance. Like I was begging afterwards. At first I was like, no, don't touch me. But when his love, like, he just hit me, I'm like, I'm yours. Like, I'm yours. I don't want nothing else but this love forevermore. When he his, he spread his wings and he covered me under the shadow of the Almighty, I, I was like, man, I was in church my whole life. I didn't know you had wings. And now I see that you have wings. And you're covering me under your wings. I want to stay covered under your wings. And his voice wasn't like a, a raging, angry thunder. His voice was sweeter than honey. It was so soft, so gentle. And then when he spoke the scripture to he spoke his word to me. It, it's just like, it's like when a dad is reading like a story time to their little kid. It's just sweet. It's like, I know the plans that I have for you. They're not plans to harm you. They're plans to give you a future and a hope. And I'm like, I understand now. I just understood and it's I could read the one verse. I could read Psalm 23 in an angry tone, preacher mode, and the word of the Lord says. And it won't, it just won't come out. And then when you read it in that sweetness, you see, I, I see this whole painting opening up, and I'm just like, whoa. And now I, I love reading scripture. I love, I see people in the streets, like, can I just read the Bible to you? They're like, what? I was like, I just want to read it. And when they hear the tone, they're like, I never saw it like that. Mind you, I didn't do anything different, but just read it in a gentle, kind, loving tone, and it brings beauty. And you're just like, wow. 
So now I, I, I'll sit there for hours reading scripture. I sometimes go on Facebook Live and like three hours later, I'm just reading scripture. There are people like, you just keep going. I know. <laughs> but because when you you discover love, it, it's really, I understand, Paul. I understand um, when in book of Acts chapter four, when they told them, you know, be quiet, don't preach Jesus. Blah, blah, and they're like, for we cannot stop. You know, they weren't like, for we will not stop speaking about the things that we've seen and the things that we heard. I don't think that's the way it was. I literally see them with the glory of God. And they're like, for we cannot stop speaking about the things that we've seen and the things that we've heard. You know, it's like, we, I mean, we're trying to stop and we can't stop because it's overflowing from our bellies. It's just flowing and flowing. And we have to tell somebody about the goodness of God. That's why they were in prison. And they're like, oh, Jesus, let us tell you about Jesus. And everywhere they went. They're just talking about Jesus, talking about Jesus, and everybody gets filled with the joy of God. They're like, whoa, this Jesus guy is great, you know, and people would fall in love, at least in my case. I don't know. Maybe somebody else got saved in the wrath. <laughs> I got saved in the love. You know, just talking about it, I started getting a little bit woozy. <laughs> but it's just the, it's the joy of the Lord, and it's the sweet presence of God. And I've seen the I've, – I remember one time – I was in the hood in Tampa. It was the hood. And I see this guy on a bike, and I'm, I'm like, I'm going to preach to him, right? And he literally sells drugs in front of me. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm standing here. Like, they're doing it right there. He's like, yo, what's up? What you want? And I was like, I just want to tell you about Jesus. And I just started talking to him about Jesus. And he accepted Christ as his Lord and Savior. And I mean, he was, like, on his bike, like, riding like this. And then when he drove away, he was like a little kid on a tricycle. He started laughing and laughing. And he did this. He zigzagged down the road, <laughs> sitting down on his bike laughing. And I'm like, did that just happen? <laughs> like, and I'm like, I think I've seen stuff. And then there was a, a prostitute another time. I saw her in a park. And I led her to the Lord. And we prayed. And when we were praying, I felt lightning hit us. And we, bo we both jumped. And I was like, whoa. She goes, <gasps> And I'm like, you felt that? She goes, I felt that. And she just starts doing this. She's like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. And I'm like, what are you <laughs> What are you looking at? You know? She's like, the colors. I see the colors. And I'm like, really? And, I, and, and she goes, it's like, it's like I was blind, but now I see. And I'm like, did she just say that? You know? <laughs> like, and then she, there was a swing. And she went and she sat on the swing. And she just started swinging and laughing. And I'm like crying because I'm like. Was she just, like, transforming my face? Like, did she just, like, she was just, like, in this wonder. And I was, I always wonder. And that's funny. At that point, I didn't know the glory I know now. Right? My eyes weren't even opened. But God opened her eyes. And then years later, God opened up my eyes to his wonder. And I'm like, whoa, this is all. Like, I'm, I'm telling you, I, I was ministering to a pastor on Friday we sat in a restaurant for six hours with a pastor. Hallelujah. You know Jesus is coming when I can sit with a pastor for six hours. <laughs> and he was like, I'm like, we could go. He's like, no, this is good. And as we were speaking, nature itself was responding to everything we were saying. I mean, it was amazing. He's like, how do you do? I was like, I'm not doing nothing. That's Jesus showing off. I'm like, Jesus is showing off right now, and it's awesome. And he's like, what? And it was so beautiful how nature, as we were speaking, it was like like a melody to our words, and it was just all synchronized. Everything was perfect. And I, at one point, I told them, then the, we sat outside the restaurant for a little bit, and the, they had like a flute playing. But when I looked, all these butterflies just started flying, 
And he's like, what are you smiling? And I was like, look behind you. And I was like, but listen to the music at the same time. And you'll see what's happening. He, he goes, whoa. And it was just, it was just, it was something out of like a storybook. It was just like, is this really happening? But it happens. God really does respond. Nature responds to the children of God. When we're really um, standing and speaking in that beauty and in that wholeness of who he really is, of what his healing really looks like, you know, you will see the, the power of God and, um, and that is boldness. I don't think boldness is like, oh, I'm loud like a lion. I don't think that's boldness. I think boldness is just being daring. You know, like you hear God. You hear his voice. And it's something so subtle. I've literally pulled over um, driving my homeless person. And God's like, give him this. God's giving me like specific numbers. God's told me, walk into that church. And there's a person in this row. Give him this. I walk in, people are looking like, who's that guy? Who's by? And they run after you crying. Like, who are you? I was just praying to God for this and you brought it? And if any, and it's not showing off. That's why I don't post these things. I don't go out like, yeah, look at me. I do these things. No. If anything, every time I get the confirmation, it reveals to me how real God is, how powerful God is, that he could use somebody like me to meet the need of somebody else. But it's obedience. It's just obedience. Like love, love requires obedience. You know, it's and it's not, oh, if I don't do it, he's going to destroy me or smite me. I don't see it like that. I see it like I find so much delight every single time that I get to speak to a person. Every single time I, I pray um, for someone. You know, on the other day I was at the uh, hospital in St. Joseph's in Tampa. And I'm going to my car and I see this lady on a bus stop. And I just... He's like, tell her how much I love her. And he says it in that tone. Just go over there and tell her. And I'm like, I surely will. So I just go to the lady. I'm like, hey, how you doing? And she's like, I'm fine. I was like, I just heard the Lord. And the Lord says, oh, how he loves you. And I just start flowing. She's like, hallelujah. I needed these words right now. You know, and you just see them rejoice and explode. It happened one time. It was so crazy. I don't even judge people in, in different religions because I kid you not. God been messing my system up. There was one day I was walking in downtown, and that's the same day I spoke to that one guy that was like, get away from my wife, right? So I kind of kept going, and there was people everywhere, but I see this uh, one uh, black lady. She's sitting on a wall or, a, like, a ledge, and the Lord goes, she really loves me. That one right there, oh, she loves me so much. He's like, go tell her. So I run over to her, and I stand in front of her. I just stand, like a total maniac, right? I just stand in front of her. And I was like, I know you love him. And she's like, I do. You know, and it was like, like, God knows who, right? God knows who would do that because. So we just like, she's like, you remind me of this scripture. And she just releases a scripture on me. I'm like, yes. And I was like, and you remind me of this scripture. And we just like, we're throwing scripture. And we're like laughing like kids in the middle of the streets. We're just like, like, it's almost like a word fight, you know, like instead of a snowball fight, we're just like throwing word at each other. And then, um. She goes, isn't, she goes, oh, Jesus is my king, and he's my savior. He's my Lord. And she's like, I'm a Jehovah Witness. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm going to go home now and just take a nap. <laughs> you know, like, I'm like, he does. Yes, I'm telling you, 
I'm just like, I don't give up. <laughs> you know, I'm not trying to. I'm, he, he knows who are his. He has sheep in different flocks. You know, he's gonna he's gathering all his kids together. And and, and we ended up praying, like literally hell hands with the Jehovah Witnesses right there. And we all pray. Yeah, we all prayed. She brought her other friends and we prayed. And I told them how God healed my mom. I told them how I believe in the Holy Spirit and how God healed my mom and filled her up. And they're like, keep doing what you're doing. I was like, yes, I will. I was like, if they told me to keep running my race, I'm going to run my race, you know. But it was just for throughout my life, all I see is people arguing and fighting, you know, because of our own concept or our own interpretation of it. But then I was like, let his kingdom come. They're like, yay. <laughs> I'm like, see you later. <laughs> and I'm, just, I'm like, I don't understand. I don't. But the love and the fact that I can meet people in different places and just touch their heart over and over and over again, meeting people everywhere, um, even like on vacation. You know, like you don't have to be like, I learned for so long I was trying to like have crusades or we need to have a, like an evangelism outreach and praise God for how people do it. But I believe it is a lifestyle, just like worship is a lifestyle, you know. Uh, if, if Christianity is not a religion, if we are the children of God, you know, we're the followers of Christ. And I feel like Jesus just had these, he knew these opportune moments to meet. I don't think he was like just random. Like I, he knew who he was, you know. Boom, that one right there. You know, why Why the lady at the well not the lady next to the well, you know? Or why not the man on the donkey? You know what I'm saying? Like, why that specific person? You know, but I, he knows the hearts. He knew who was ready. Who He knew who was ready to have that need met right there and confront it. And even like when Jesus spoke to, to them and, and he says, go sin no more, right? Because a lot of people are like, well, we need to tell them about their sin, I'm like, tell them about Jesus. Trust me. The moment you start speaking of the goodness of God, people start confessing. If you're transparent with your story, people confess. All I got to do is start telling my story. Afterwards, people are like, can we talk? I'm like, I got you. I already know when people like look at me, they're like, can we talk? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I already know what's going to happen next. Hey, I've been to so many churches in the street, in churches, anywhere. I've been ministering to pastors. They're like, there's something I need to say because I've never said it, you know. And I'm like, and I know that's why God chose me to be here. It's like even growing up, being afraid of sharing my sto story about being abused. And then God delivered me from that pain and that shame. And then I started sharing my story. And I literally could be talking to people. And if I know, if I hear God's voice that says, talk about your abuse. There's, not, uh, there's no doubt in my heart that when God says, speak about the abuse, it's because that person either was abused or they have a really close family member that was abused and they've been praying for that answer. You know, your story is the answer to somebody else's life. And when we go out, you know, we a lot of people want to go out and convert people to their religion. Go out with your story. Go out with your testimony. I'm telling you, all our stories in this room are different. None of them the same, but they're just as powerful. If you were in the church and you've never been out in, in the world, it's still just as powerful. It's just as powerful because the Lord has kept you. The Lord has done something specific in your life. And when you own it, a lot of people are like waiting for this big boom. You have to be faithful with the little. Be faithful with that first t tiny testimony. I'm telling you, the next day there's another testimony. Be obedient with that first soul. 
Just, just it's simple. It could be a plate of food. Anything you do is a point of contact. Anything. I there was a lady filled with the Holy Ghost because I bought her a slice of pizza, and I didn't even. I honestly didn't preach her. I just said, I bought. This was in Ybor City a few years ago, and the Lord said, buy her pizza. And I was like, hey, you like pizza? She goes, yeah. I was like, I want to buy you pizza, but I don't know where there's a pizzeria. The pizzeria was right behind me, and I had not seen it. She's like, right there. So I go in, I get her the pizza, and I said, I bought you this pizza because I want you to know that Jesus loves you. And it seemed like I preached hellfire and brimstone to this lady because in the front of everybody in your city, she drops on her knees, I want Jesus. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, this is powerful pizza, you know? <laughs> but an act of love, right? Supplying that one need led her to Christ. And I'm telling you, this lady was, it was like a revival. She was accepting Christ with all her heart. And it was like, I didn't even say nothing. I mean, I said the best thing I could have said, that Jesus loves her. And it was glorious. And at that same moment, it was funny because when I went to the pizzeria, there was like a club right there. I, I'm buying the pizza. I look over, there's this young lady walking like that, going into the club, and she had like a tattoo of a lion on her arm. And I kid you not, I saw everything in slow motion because I had a whole conversation about that girl with God. It was just like, all this conversation happening, and then I looked at my friend. I was like, "Take the wallet. I gotta get that girl." You know. And the Lord goes, "Tell her I'm with her. Tell her." He goes, "She used to be a worshiper, and she used to preach my word, and she finds herself here now, and she needs to be reminded." She went into the club, and I was at the door screaming, so she came out, and she came out, and I'm like, "I'm a prophet of the Lord, and the Lord says He has not left you. He's still with you." And He says you used to worship and you used to preach, and now you find yourself here, and you're asking why. And the Lord says that He has not changed His mind about you. And that girl get got filled with the Holy Spirit. She grabbed me, and we both were like, "I mean, we got we went Pentecostal in the front of everybody." It was like, ah, we started speaking in tongues and shaking. Her boyfriend came out, started prophesying, and they accepted Christ. And it was true. She was uh, um, in the church. She used to preach. She used to lead worship. And things went wrong in her life, and now she found herself there. Three months later, that same girl calls me up. And the, the one church in Ybor City, uh, I forgot their name, but they gave her the keys to that church. So she would go through Ybor City with a cart with water. Giving water to drunk to people that were drunk coming out of the clubs, and I joined her, and we just started giving water to people, and they're like, "Why are you giving us water?" And we're like, "Cause we love you, and because you have a purpose, because God loves you, and He doesn't want you to get hurt, He doesn't want you to die tonight." And people are like coming out of the clubs crying, they're like, "With a bottle of water, just because a bottle of water, there's not magical water, it's the love." That the fact that we care that they make it home safe, you know, it's what changes people's lives. Just a few weeks ago when the Pride Parade, there was a kid thrown in the street, just there, super drunk. And the Lord said, take him home. And we picked him up, started preaching to him, ministering to him. When we get to his house, his mom was like freaked out because I'm and this kid was like really like drunk. I mean, we're like dragging him. He's just like and we bring him him. He goes in, his mom's looking at him like she wants to kill him. And then I looked at her, I was like, and thus says the Lord to you. I've seen your tears. And this lady's like paralyzed. She's like, she's like, amen, amen. And I just released the word of the Lord. But that was a praying mother. And God used us just to meet her broken son in the streets. 
And he's so grateful. He's, he's so hurt by church that he still doesn't want to come. But I, he's my friend on Facebook, so I write to him. I'm like, hey, how you doing? I love you. Jesus loves you. But now he's going into a drug rehab. So I'm happy. He's like, hey, I'm going into a drug rehab. I was like, it's going to go good for you. It's going to change your life. You're going to do great. So he slowly, he's like a little mouse. He keeps coming. He's like, I'm never F church. I'm never. I was like, it's okay. I'm, I'm not, I don't get offended. I was there. I was the one saying F church, and I'm a pastor. Like, God is funny. You know, God will take a broken heart and heal it and, and, and do something glorious with it. So for me, that is the power of love. Like, I wanted to come in here and not give a formula. The formula is love. The formula is allowing love to get in, into the crevices of your heart so you can release your shame. Because God says there is no shame. You're here right now under the sound of my voice. There is no shame. That's just the lying voices still telling you that you're not good enough. Your story, whatever story it may be, it is powerful before the Lord. And it's going to touch somebody. You just got to believe it and then just like try it. Hey, you know, you a lot of people are like, well, I need to. It's great to go to school. I'm not saying don't go, I just graduated from Jesus Lab, by the way. And I'm not promoting it. But I might as well take a batch. Just promote it. If you want to go, go to Jesus Lab. I'm telling you, you get, I got healed. I got healed from the curses. People telling me, calling me crazy and all that stuff. Now I say I'm wild. That's what they told me. You're just wild. You're just a free horse running in the mountains. So run, you know, I'll run. But um, I, I believe in going to school, but I don't think you have to go to school to tell somebody that they're loved. You know, if you want to be a pastor, you want to be a teacher. Yeah, go to school and learn the word. But to give a plate of food, to feed the homeless, to pray for the sick. You just got to believe, believe. And I'm telling you, it could, it could start as something so simple. So whatever you're feeling in your heart, I really want to speak into that. It could be simple as just making one plate of food. Maybe you don't have the means to create 20 plates of food. Maybe you don't have the means to buy every homeless person a meal. Maybe you just have for one. But take the time. They've told me in the street, they're like, then one man told me, he goes, hey, even when you don't have money to give me, you could still come by and say hi to me. That means more to me because you see me, you know? Um, so you can totally make somebody's day. If you have a heart for the elderly, if you have a heart for prostitutes, if you have a heart for just regular people in the mall, you know, like there's so many places you could go. It's not limited to anything. Anywhere you go, anywhere to the ends of the earth, he says, and you shall receive power when the spirit of God has come upon you and you shall be like you will be my witnesses. When you allow the power of God to just boom you up you don't make it happen the power of god just takes a hold of you and takes you to these places you you can't fight it and you will be my witnesses in jerusalem and judea and samaria and to the ends of the world the ends of the world might be the mall it might be brandon mall it might be walmart you know it might be aisle seven in walmart you know it just it could be anywhere it could be with your friends it could be with your family it could be with your enemies i mean you want to talk about power Start loving your enemies. Start, start loving the people that hurt you and that wounded you. You want a breakthrough in evangelism? Get your enemy. I know what I'm talking about. Because my first breakthrough was with my, my own molester, which is not my molester no more, you know. And that filled my heart with love. It wasn't only her. She, she wasn't the only person that needed healing. I needed. She needed. She literally was going through cancer. And I was praying for God to heal her. God had me take care of my molester while my molester was going through cancer. Okay? 
2014, 2015, 2016. And the Lord said, I was like, God, heal her. Please don't let her die. And I was like, the, the Lord showed me when I was broken for the people that broke me, I found love. So when you get broken for the people that broke you, you're going to tap into it's all it's I don't it's hard to even explain it. You just you go into this other realm that you're just everything connects somehow. You're just like, whoa, I never do this. And God, God says, tell her you forgave her and you'll see the healing. He says the healing is in your forgiveness. She's cancer free. She's cancer free. And it was through forgiveness. I mean, when you learn the power of love, you'll evangelize to your enemies. You will love them. And it, it, it's, it's, it's Jesus. It's Jesus 100% is who Jesus is. It's what Jesus did. And it'll take you to levels like people are going to be like, you, you never shut up, do you? You're like, I can't stop. I just can't stop. I used to be the one talking about people. I was the one talking about my problems and my struggles and my issues. I, it's not saying that I don't even go through those things. I still go through certain things, but they don't have the power to control my mind like they used to. Because now all I know, I, all I got to do, even when I feel depressed, all I got to do is focus on Jesus. I go through my art, my memories with Jesus, my art, my moments with God. I start reading my journal, and you'll see me in like two minutes. I'm going to be laughing hysterically. Because I read my stories. I'm like, these stories are bogus. I'm either like real or I'm just a really good writer, <laughs> one or the other. <laughs> these encounters are real or I should be making millions making movies because, and maybe it should be both, right? I'm like, Lord, I want to make some movies. <laughs> but I, it was still, what, 830? I, keep, I think we should pray. Um, I want to just declare boldness. You know, I want to declare boldness over every single one of you guys um, and declare that God has not given you a spirit of fear, but God's given you a spirit of power, of love and a sound mind, you know, and you're able to. I declare you're able to share the good news of the gospel. And you are you are the good news. You literally are the living testimony that the God of the Bible is still in this time. He's real. He's existing. It's not just the Abraham of Isaac and Jacob. You know, he's your God. And he's taking your story just like Abraham had a story and Isaac had a story and Jacob had a story. You have a story. And he's working those plans out in your life. He's raising you up for a generation of people, for a nation of people. Keeping in mind that nation means groups of people. There is a nation prepared for you to tell them. Just God's prepared nations so you could tell them about him. That's if you look at it that way, you're just like, Lord, like I just want to be filled with your passion so I could tell people. Tell people. People people are looking for an answer. They're desperate for an answer. They're desperate for a hope. They're desperate for a joy and you carry it. Jesus is love. God is love. For there is no greater love than this than he that will lay down his life for his friends. And he no longer calls us servants. He calls us friends. So it's our turn to tell people about him. Not in a, you know, not in a religious type of way. I don't want you to leave here saying, oh, Abraham said I have to go do this. No, just go have fun with Jesus. Go like just keep presenting yourself before him. Keep being transparent before the Lord and keep giving to him everything. 
the pain. Give him the pain. Give him the abuse. Give him, give him the reject the, the rejection. Give him your insecurity. Give him your depression. Give him whatever it is. Give it to him. I remember in October 12, 2002, I heard Hinn preaching, and he was speaking about Catherine Coleman, and she got divorced, and she was going through a lot, and she felt that no God couldn't use her because she had a divorce on her, right? And she w- he said she was in the car on the road somewhere, and she told God, God, if out, of, if out of nothing you created the universe, then out of the nothing that I am, create something. And in October 12 of 2002, I was there listening to that preaching, and it touched my heart so much. And I began to cry because I thought I was so worthless, and I thought I was so hopeless back then. And I said, God, if out of the nothing that I am, if out of the nothing you created anything, not a something you created the universe, then out of the nothing that I am, can you create something? And that night I had a wonderful dream with Jesus. And he said he was about to mess me up, <laughs> you know. He done messed me up, <laughs> you know. And he took that broken kid. It's been a years. It hasn't been from one day to another. So I'm not giving you this gospel that tomorrow morning you're just going to be walking in this boldness. Praise God if you do. Call me and tell me, you know. But what I'm telling you is a process. But keep walking, keep believing, keep pushing, keep holding on to his promises. Keep knowing that he is faithful, that his words are dependable and true. And that he's going to take your story and that he's going to bring glory out of it. Whether it's in a platform, whether it's in a podium, whether it's in a church, or whether it's just simply walking down the street. Know that God will use your story to touch people's lives. To just rock this world and bring the kingdom of heaven down to earth. So all your brothers and sisters, because everybody out there is your brothers and sisters, you know, you bring their identity. Be like, you are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. You are the beloved of the Lord. And you are righteous. You are holy. You Go tell a prostitute that. <laughs> they gave rocked. You are holy. You are pure. You are restored. People weep. And they're, they, it's funny because they say, how do you know so much about me? I'm like, really? <laughs> you know, it's, a, it's, it's really strange that you're declaring something, but in their spirit, they know that's who they really are. And they acknowledge it. They receive it. Amen? Thank you, Lord, for your presence. Thank you, Father God, for, for loving me and choosing me to share you, Lord. Thank you, Father God, for all these vessels here that are being full of your glory, of your power, of your anointing, of your boldness, Father God. We just declare more authority over, over all of their lives. We declare breakthrough. We declare joy and peace. We declare, Father God, that you have not given them a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. We declare, Father God, that everybody in this room has beautiful feet. And that they will go and announce the gospel of Jesus Christ, Father God. We declare that they wear the boots of peace. So every step that they take, they'll take steps of peace, Father God. And that their mouth will just open and release the the life that's in them. Father God, we declare that they will arise and shine for your spirit is upon every single one of them. Lord, you know the plans that you have for them. And it's not plans to harm them, but it's plans to give them a future and a hope. Thank you, God, that your promises over their lives are yes and amen. Thank you, Father God, that you are the author and the finisher of their faith and the good work you've begun in them. 
Father God, you're faithful to complete it. Thank you, Father God, because I see them walking in joy. I see them walking in wholeness. I see them walking in your purpose and your destiny. Thank you, Father God, because I see warriors arising, arising warriors of light, releasing light all over the world. So arise and shine, for the Spirit of the Lord has been risen upon you. In Jesus' name, amen.